0: So in a lot of ways, this story starts with a stolen motorcycle. When do you first learn about a stolen motorcycle?
1: That Thursday when my dad came up missing, my brother called me and just explained to me that he had a motorcycle in his garage that him and my dad had gotten into a fight about and that my dad took off from his house and he hasn't been able to get a hold of him.
0: From the Blade, you're listening to Code 18, Unsolved. This is Season 1, Episode 2, The Stolen Motorcycle.
2: Yeah, Code 18 just references the radio code that we use when we describe a dead body.
0: Hopper Darrow went missing from near his home in Toledo's North End on July 27, 2017. How or why is unknown, but there is speculation it had something to do with the stolen motorcycle found on his property. The motorcycle had been reported stolen from a home in Lucas County two days earlier, on July 25th. It's a white, one-of-a-kind Harley-Davidson with a custom turbo engine and it belongs to Thomas Wiley, the owner of Wiley & Sons Landscaping, a gravel and sand distributor out of Perrysburg. Mr. Wiley had won the motorcycle in a raffle, and being a Harley-Davidson enthusiast himself, he souped it up. He spent about $60,000 customizing it. Yeah, you put a lot of uh, custom features to this bike. Can you just explain it to me, like what the bike looked like? What I did is
2: we had the motor beefed up. So it was really high-performance engine. And then we put different rims, different tires, different fenders, different seat, different fuel tanks, different handlebars. The bike originally was sold back then for like 15000 and then we put $60,000 in extras in it. And there was only one bike like that in, in Ohio. You ain't going to see another one that
0: matches that bike. You can see pictures of the motorcycle on our website, toledoblade.com code18. Mr. Wiley hadn't owned the bike long before it was stolen, and it actually was taken from his son Nick Wiley's house, along with some of Nick's other property. I met the two of them at their business to talk about what they remember from that day. We sat around a large table in the conference room, which is decorated with trophies and photos from the family's various interests. There's dirt bike racing, vacations to the beach, and photos of Mr. Wiley's other prized vehicles. Mr. Wiley has the deeper voice, and he likes to talk with his hands, so you'll periodically hear them banging against the table when he speaks. I asked him to start from the beginning.
2: Nick was over one day on his bike. His battery went bad, so he rode mine home to his house, and like three days later, got stolen.
0: Nick Wiley lives in a nice home off Door Street in rural Holland, but the property is not secluded by any means. The entrance to his driveway is shared by his neighbor to the north, and there are homes roughly 100 feet on either side of him, though both are separated by yards and to his left privacy trees. And because Nick lives off the main road, he's also smack dab in the middle of seven or eight other homes whose owners would pass by his property to get home. It's not the kind of place where you'd envision a large-scale burglary going unnoticed. Nick's dad, Thomas Wiley, purchased the home in 2014, and Nick says they've never had any thefts or burglaries or other problems there before. But for whatever reason, on that day in 2017, they were a target. According to a Lucas County Sheriff's report, Nick, who was 24 at the time, left for work at 6.15 on the morning of July 25th. A friend who was living with him left just before 9. The roommate was alerted first that something was wrong. At around 1 p.m., someone texted Nick's roommate saying they drove by the house and saw that the garage door was open. They thought that was odd and wanted him to know. So Nick's roommate decided to go check on the house and arrived home about 45 minutes later to find the garage door up and their sliding glass door pried open. A lot of their property had been taken. He called Nick.
1: I got a phone call from my buddy that was living with me that uh, he'd got there and our garage door was wide open and that we had the house had gotten broken into so I left work and went home. and. There was all kinds of stuff missing. They stole my TVs, and we realized that the bike was gone.
0: There was the $75,000 Harley-Davidson motorcycle, yes, but also taken was $1,500 in cash, a $2,000 AR-15 rifle, a twenty-two caliber rifle valued at about $150, a 12-gauge shotgun of unknown value, a 70-inch flat-screen TV worth about $3,000, a $400 Xbox One, and various ammunition for which no value was given. The culprits appeared to have attempted to get in through the front door of the house, but for whatever reason moved to the back. They were able to pry open the sliding glass door and also broke one of the windows. The motorcycle was in the attached garage. To this day, no one has been arrested in the burglary, and only the motorcycle has been recovered.
1: I give them bin numbers and stuff on all the guns and stuff, and they said that stuff like that could take years to come up before someone actually bonded or whatever they're going to do with it. So the only thing we ever got back was the bike, which was the main thing we wanted back, I guess.
0: The Wileys speculate that the burglars must have come specifically for that white motorcycle. Everything else was just a bonus.
1: I mean, whoever come there, they definitely come for that bike, I assume, because they had to bring a trailer. Because, I mean, there's a 75-inch TV they stole, so you couldn't really just throw that on the back of the bike when you left.
0: It still doesn't make sense, though, how the culprit could have known the bike was even there, especially since it belonged to Thomas Wiley and was normally parked in the dad's garage it had only been at nick's house for seven days and nick had only ridden it the one time also a mystery why alvin darrow ended up with it did either of you know alvin darrow before the situation
3: never heard of him no <laughs>
0: After the burglary, the Wileys posted pictures of the motorcycle on Facebook in hopes someone might recognize it and tell them where it is, but no one did. They didn't know what happened to the motorcycle until police called to say they'd found it in the garage of a property owned by Alvin Darrow. And Alvin, the Wileys were told, was missing.
2: We heard through the grapevine that he was a pretty decent guy, he was a nice guy, and we were just kind of concerned, well, I wonder what happened to him. But it's funny that all this came up after that bike got stolen.
0: Police are still trying to pin down whether the stolen motorcycle is causal in Alvin's disappearance or coincidence.
3: We don't know if that stolen motorcycle is the reason that he's missing, or if it's just that that motorcycle was just there at that that same time that he was missing.
0: Evidence seems to suggest that it might be the former. The first clue? Rocky's initial 911 call on the day Alvin went missing. Remember back to his call from episode one. He told the dispatcher that the men with guns that he saw jump out of a vehicle and approach Hopper's house looked like they were there to steal something. Something like a motorcycle.
1: People at the house, like up there, and it looked like they were running up. I don't know if they were going to steal something, like a motorcycle or whatever it was, but it looked
2: like some hardcore action.
0: Now, Detective Goodlet says when the call was made, the dispatcher didn't think much about this small detail because no one knew anything about a stolen motorcycle at that point. The burglary was being investigated by the sheriff's office, and no one knew yet that Alvin had the bike.
3: Now, as the investigation goes on and we realize there actually was a stolen motorcycle, yeah, it gives, you know, it, it, it throws a little wrinkle in there that maybe somebody was there to get their motorcycle we didn't have any evidence of that and they didn't get the motorcycle because it was still there so if they came looking for a motorcycle they didn't find it
0: it's obvious in talking to detective goodlett that based on the lack of evidence of this biker group and based on the fact that the motorcycle remained at the property Police were skeptical of this story from the get-go. And for good reason, right? We already know from Rocky that this entire 911 call was made up. He admitted that. But why would Rocky even mention a motorcycle? He says he'd learned about a motorcycle earlier that same day. See, Alvin, or Hopper as Rocky calls him, was buying a truck from Rocky, and Rocky was supposed to swing by the house that night and pick up the remaining money owed. But Rocky had another reason for coming over. He says Alvin had sent him a picture of a white, turbocharged motorcycle, and he wanted Rocky to come look at it.
2: I never got to actually see the motorcycle except on a picture.
0: Okay, where'd that picture come from?
2: From Hopper. He said that Tim had gotten a motorcycle and Hopper... Hopper was. Hopper sent me a picture. Did I want to buy it? Like he's. It was like a Harley with a supercharger, which is like a real rare bike. It's a, like a supercharger on a motorcycle is just not normal. So, I was like, well, that's. You know, I'm gonna come check it out.
0: What was the price?
2: He. We didn't talk about nothing like that. He just told me. He sent me that picture. He's like, you gotta come check this out.
0: Rocky says Alvin never mentioned that the motorcycle was stolen. He only learned it was after Alvin went missing. Still, he is the first to float the idea of the stolen motorcycle as a possible motive behind Alvin's disappearance. And then, something else happens to suggest that conclusion may not be far off. Police recovered Thomas Wiley's motorcycle on July 28th. Roughly 24 hours later, he was allowed to go down to the impound lot to pick it up. Immediately, he noticed there was some damage to the bike. The handlebars were bent, there were scratches in the paint, and one of the mirrors was broken off. But it was otherwise functional. He had his brother ride the bike back to his house and park it in the garage where Thomas Wiley planned to wash it. Just before he turned on the water, something caught his eye.
2: I got it home and there was blood all over it. I called the police back. I said, you guys know there's blood all over this motorcycle? No.
0: It was a predominantly white and silver motorcycle, so you'd think red blood would be pretty noticeable. But even Thomas admits he didn't see it when he first looked the bike over at the impound lot, nor did his brother when he drove the bike home. Thomas didn't have any photos of what this blood looked like, but I asked him to describe it.
2: They had blood dripped all over the fuel tank and on the side of the engine. And I'm the one that called the police and told them that, and they sent out a crew right to my house and texted it. So whoever did the police investigation in the beginning screwed this up from day one. They should have seen that blood all over that bike, and they should have did all that before it got to my house. You know, I could have just took it in and washed it off and thought no, no. but I just thought the law should know there's blood all over this motorcycle.
0: And when you say all over, like with a couple drops on there No, there was, there was probably, what do
2: you mean? like you could have took a squirt gun and sprayed it one time. And there was 20, 20 drips of blood all over it.
0: The blood that you saw, would you describe that as enough to kill a person?
2: No. No, no, it would have just been like a bloody nose.
0: Later, talking to Detective Goodlett, I had one major question. Whose blood was it? The answer... You guessed it. Have you confirmed that that blood is Alvin's? Yes. How did Alvin's blood get there? And what could any of this have to do with Alvin's disappearance? Next week, we retrace Alvin Darrow's steps on the day he went missing, and we hear for the first time about one fight that police know really did occur regarding that stolen motorcycle. That fight is the last time Alvin is ever seen. This remains an open investigation. If you have any information about this case or any other unsolved homicides, call Toledo Crime Stoppers at 419-255-1111. Callers can remain anonymous and there may be reward money. Help put this Code 18 to rest. and help spread the word about the podcast by giving us a five-star review and recommending us to your friends. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you listen. You can also find the episodes and additional case information, including photos and videos, at ToledoBlade.com Code18. Code18 is reported and written by me, your host, Caitlin Durbin, for The Blade. Phil Kaplan is our producer, with original art and theme music by Danielle Gamble. Additional original music provided by Joel Roberts. Editing assistance comes from Blade editors Michael Walton, Michael Bryce, and Kim Bates. Hi everyone, this is Caitlin Durbin. I'm a Blade reporter and host of this podcast. If you're enjoying it, I invite you to subscribe to the Blade and support my colleagues and the reliable journalism that makes this work possible. The Blade has been reporting on Toledo's history since before the city itself was established. We are the newspaper of record. Go to toledoblade.com and click subscribe.